Welcome to another Longwoods Breakfast. I'm looking forward to this morning's discussion. To kick things off, I would like to welcome someone I believe most of you will know uh, from Teladoc. Xenia, it's all yours. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Great to see so many familiar faces across the country. Um, so I'm Zaina Kayat. I'm uh, uh, in the commercial team here with Teladoc Health in Canada. Also, for some of you who might not know, as of December, also the health future is with Deloitte Healthcare in Canada. So really fun to work with both organizations. Um, look, I've got, I'm joined here by with Tim and Peter and Kim. And so what we're going to do is the following. Uh, I'll open things up by just framing what do we mean by care anywhere and what's the possibility. I'll then hand it over to my partner in crime in Canada, Peter Jones, to talk about, you know, what the trends and the shifts and what Microsoft is seeing coast to coast in all parts of our healthcare system in Canada and where virtual plays into that. He'll then hand it over to Kim, who is one of the leaders worldwide in the health industry with Microsoft to take us up a level of where Microsoft is seeing things uh, and what the role of virtual care is clinically. And then that will back us into the partnership with Teladoc and her counterpart uh, on our side globally is, is my buddy, Tim Wright. So that's will be the flow. Um, there's four of us on and we're all monitoring chat. So if any questions come up as we go through really a bit of what we wanna to share to set the stage and we'll leave uh, ample time for a good discussion. But if there's something that comes up in between, throw it in the Q&A or chat and I'll ask Peter, Tim, Kim, and even some of our other Teladoc and Microsoft colleagues, go ahead and chip away at those uh, offline if you think they could be answered. Otherwise, we'll come back and take a look at them afterwards. All right, we're good to go. And of course, any of the content here today uh, will be uh, shared with you afterwards alongside the uh, the video recording. So, I mean, it doesn't take much to uh, see what the power of uh, technology can do to not replace analog things, but rather completely reimagine care models and then allow us to rethink the role of physical assets like buildings and machines that are shown here and the humans who facilitate them. You know, if we didn't keep trying to push the boundaries of possibility for access, this is how people with polio would be getting treated, you know, for mostly of their life. And we know pretty much overnight with one technology, this entire infrastructure was dismantled, allowing these precious resources to be used for more important things uh, or relevant things. And of course, changing the lives of a lot of people such that the disease is eradicated. Maybe uh, another version of that, a little bit closer to home, some of you might not know, but back in the day, you know, if I wanted to make a phone call to Peter and he was in Winnipeg, uh, we had to go through this person called a phone operator who used to literally connect the lines as, you know, civil society started getting telephone lines. And this changed everything for communication for all of us because before that it was letter writing and maybe pigeons. And so uh, uh, as phones became democratized, this is how women got in the workforce. You know, we had to hire more and more of these telephone operators to connect the phones. Well, if you can imagine then hundreds and hundreds and thousands of phones, really starting with AT&T in the United States, uh, started getting created. And so these became factories and warehouses for these phone operators. And of course, if you believe that the only way to keep democratizing access to telephony to allow humans to communicate is to just build more places for these women to connect the phone lines, you start innovating like roller skates to get them to go faster between you know, the phones. Um, and then you know, overnight one technology, just like the polio vaccine called the switch, 
eliminated all of this. Uh, and then now, you know, women didn't go back to not working. They were now in the workforce and we could reuse the infrastructure. Well, you dial that forward to, you know, when we untethered the telephone from a hard wire, largely in our homes, you know, who could have imagined uh, what this would do to really the whole world and all the possibilities of untethering communication. And that's kind of the promise uh, we think about when we untether care, which has had a dominant model for 150 years in medicine, untethering it from place. And that doesn't mean you're replacing, you know, this little piece of care called the visit, but it's really allows you to completely reimagine care models at scale. And that's really what we're going to get into today. Now, this idea that um, a clinician doesn't need to be in the same room as a patient for good care to be exchanged is not new. You know, we didn't come up with it in the last couple of decades. It just kind of depended on the technology at the time. So, uh, you know, when radio was the only way to communicate, you know, we already had concepts in the 1920s of radio medicine. You know, when, when little Elroy needed to go see the doctor, you know, Judy didn't take him anywhere. They just did it through this screen. And that was like 50 years ago. I don't know why he's wearing a mask, but maybe they knew something we don't know uh, back then. You know, and then this idea of virtual care kind of came on the scene. And I would suggest Teladoc was probably one of the pioneers for the world over 20 years ago in bringing this capability to separate care from place. And we're showing you one of uh, our, our, you know, key use cases in Saskatchewan where pediatric neonatologists are delivering high, high acuity care uh, hundreds of kilometers away from children. Uh, and that is standard of care on the Teladoc platform. And so we really think of it more as remote presence, which is just has a different flavor. And so that is really the thesis of this organization uh, that, uh, you know, 150 years of medicine built some pretty amazing analog assets uh, that were anchored around place as the only place you could get care. And now as the whole world is digital and seamlessly hybrid plays of digital and physical experiences, data flows, documentation, and of course, care delivery, uh, this is the platform that's bringing that infrastructure to match um, the thousands and thousands of clinical processes that um, have, have been the bedrock of medicine. So that's the thesis of Teladoc. And through 20 years, and I think we've now done maybe 17 acquisitions and a lot of our own R&D and innovation, you know, we're focusing in three major streams, if you will, of a hybrid physical and digital care uh, at high, high quality and any acuity. And that's in, in the light blue, in the mental health space, kind of subclinical to high clinical acuity, uh, all types of chronic uh, conditions, including comorbid diabetes, chronic kidney disease, heart failure, hypertension, obesity. And then where we started as Teladoc, hence the name, is informal medical care, physician mediated, nurse mediated um, of all types. And that's what we're gonna double down a little bit more on today. So the platform that uh, has been built uh, with Teladoc, we call it Solo, which you'll see a little bit more. But the idea is, you know, uh, we are not going to get to this hybrid model off of a bunch of point solutions where any little department or part of the health system does their thing, and 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 we're adding more fragmentation and more things not talking. Uh, Solo is really built to be basically be a layer that allows hybrid care for any location or care setting, any clinical context, any acuity, any population, one single platform, you just turn on or off. 
So it could really run across an entire health system or even a system of systems or a single little clinic. It's that kind of configurable. And that's kind of what got me excited. And just to share a little bit of the kind of possibilities, because you now have a digital layer of all care, you can get data in pretty much near real time and know what's working in the care model. You know, things like taking wait times down for outpatient care, uh, you know, more than double digits, greatly, greatly short, shortening the time to diagnosis, particularly where every minute is brain, like in the context of telestroke, you know, 150% faster time uh, that we've published. And then our newer uh, solution, which is trying to help with um, the major, major challenges in inpatient in hospitals, and uh, Tim will share the case study, you know, taking length of stay down and, and greatly increasing the capacity of, of particularly nurses. So that's kind of solo. So that's a part one of the story. I'll hand it over to you, Peter, and tell us where Microsoft uh, it picks up where we've left off. Thanks, Anna. Yeah, good morning, everybody. And you know what, uh, what I want to do is talk a little bit about how Microsoft is helping um, partners like Teladoc bring their solution to market. And if you think about Microsoft and, and where we're focused in healthcare, it's really around building platforms. Uh, we're a platform company. And you know, if you look at um, our cloud for healthcare, uh, we really represent this uh, that aligns nicely to the quadruple aim. And I think we're now looking at the quintuple aim, but really focused on that uh, equity of care. But you know, Microsoft has four key pillars in where we're focused in building platform for customers and partners in the health system. Um, if you think about engaging patients in new ways, how do we start to look at things like virtual care, um, giving them access to um, a, a complete uh, voice, video, and then the ability to also share information between the patient and the doctor. I think it really changes the way care can be delivered. Um, you think about all the underserved communities um, and how we need to be able to get access to those patients that are in remote areas that really don't have a primary care doctor. We need to look at that whole delivery of care um, in the farthest points of Canada, right? So how do we start to bring that sort of capabilities uh, to bear? And, and Teladoc is doing a great job in that space. And a lot of that is built on the Microsoft platform. You know, we have a lot of other capabilities in healthcare. If you think about, you know, care teams and how they collaborate and communicate with each other, um, Teams is becoming that dominant clinical collaboration platform across the health system in Canada. Um, we've got large market share in the acute care setting, and we're starting to see more hospitals deploy teams for clinical collaboration within the walls of the hospital. Um, we're starting to see a lot of community care and home care providers also um, building teams as that clinical collaboration tool. And then partners like Teladoc come along and build their application on top of teams and leveraging teams to deliver. Um, it really makes it a seamless uh, uh, interaction that the clinicians can just move towards Teladoc for uh, virtual care, telehealth, remote patient monitoring. But then a lot of that is built on that um, Azure platform or the cloud for healthcare platform. You know, we're doing a lot of work around data, data platforms, analytics. Um, and, you know, as you may know, we've acquired an organization called Nuance, which is really uh, dominant in the, in the healthcare space around um, dictation. And, you know, you'll see things like um, digital um, uh, capture of, of 
conversations between patients and doctors. There's a lot of great innovation that's happening in that space. And we bring a lot of that capability into our cloud for healthcare that partners can leverage. So this gives you a sense of where Microsoft is investing in healthcare. And you know we have built out a lot of this ecosystem that is secure and compliant that partners uh, are, are leveraging across the health system. So I just wanted to kind of plant that foundation and how we're working together with organizations like Teladoc. I'm going to turn it over to Kim. Kim's going to take you a little deeper into our focus around virtual care and telehealth and give you a perspective at a global scale what we're doing. Kim? Great. Thanks, Peter. So I thought what we do is just ground on what we're calling virtual health at Microsoft. And virtual health is really getting away from sick care, but really meeting the patient where they're at in their journey. So really focusing on in-person and virtual and creating this hybrid model of care all up. So it includes everything from tele-ICU, telestroke, uh, RPM, and also wearables. And that's really how we're framing up virtual health at Microsoft. And as we looked at virtual health, in the 2000s or early 2020, sorry, when we were starting through the pandemic, obviously there was a huge uptick in terms of how Teams was leveraged for clinical collaboration. What we didn't see though, and what we didn't have in place since we're a platform company is really this kind of clinical IP that we needed to have in terms of providing that virtual health experience all up across various elements of the care continuum. And so that's really where we started to look at, you know, Teladoc in terms of our global partnership. So we're going to go to the next slide, Zania. And talk about just in terms of the partnership and where we were going, you know, as Peter and I have touched on, Microsoft is a platform company. We're using, you know, teams for clinical collaboration, both administratively and clinically. But from a hybrid care experience, we really needed a partner with a global platform. And that's where we led our discussions with Teladoc. And Tim's going to talk about the perspective in terms of where Teladoc was looking at the partnership with Microsoft all up. Hey, Kim, thanks. So just, just picking up on that thread, um, you know, what we learned as we began to, uh, to talk and to, to collaborate as two organizations, uh, Teladoc and Microsoft, what we found was this shared vision that Zaina described where you know, the, really the power of virtual care to fundamentally um, alter the way we think about care delivery, to sort of unleash, untether, as Zaina said, uh, the, the opportunities to rethink the way care is delivered. We also found uh, a common perspective that, hey, one company can't do this by itself. Uh, as much as, you know, any one company sort of wants to view themselves as the as the solution. We, you know, we we realize it takes a village and, and and what it really takes is an ecosystem. And so the concept of a technology platform that allows partner organizations like Teladoc to build on common tools that result in common workflow and common data sets behind the scenes is a much more compelling vision of how we advance. And so we, we've, we, we've spent a lot of time together and we, uh, we have a uh, extensive roadmap of, of, of a whole suite of things that we're doing together. I'll expose some of that a little bit later in, in my presentation, but it started really with solo and teams. So if you wouldn't mind advancing the slide, thanks, Anna. Um, so why did we start there? 
Solo's already an effective tool leverage, uh, leveraging a whole suite of solutions that Teladoc has that allow us to span solutions really across the care continuum from kind of direct consumer encounters to inpatient uh, care to you know, ambulatory care settings and use cases and, and, and care at home. And so we, we have that suite of solutions. Tele, uh, Microsoft brings uh, really a rapidly, uh, exponentially growing that is becoming, fast becoming the underlying communication and collaboration platform for enterprises around the world, healthcare and non-healthcare. And so what we could see is this tide moving where teams as an all-up collaboration tool um, could benefit from the augmentation of very specific healthcare IP, as Kim calls it, uh, healthcare solutions, and layer those two together and create kind of the best of both worlds, an ecosystem where uh, for, for communication and collaboration in healthcare settings with a suite of tools on top of it that allow uh, broad utilization across very specific use cases uh, in the inpatient setting, outpatient setting, and so forth. So this is this is where we've started. Um, we've launched that product. We have some very specific uh, use cases we can talk about um, with clients. But what's the underlying kind of value proposition that we're targeting? I think if you step even beyond um, the solo with Teams uh, use case, we're really targeting four different kinds of value propositions. The first is really around the IT problem. So the IT problem that, that we frankly, Teladoc was, was to some degree ignoring is every time you add another point solution, oh, we wanna solve this outpatient problem. Oh, we wanna solve this uh, you know, care at home solution. We wanna do this in the ICU. We wanna do this uh, for stroke care and so on and so on and so on. When you, when you take a best of breed approach and you select different vendors for each of those solutions, what you end up with is an unmanageable, highly costly suite of solutions, even though each in its own category may be sort of a, a best of breed offering, it creates a, um, a huge burden and, and ultimately a, a high cost solution for the, for the, for the client or for the, for the partner. And so number one, we're trying to solve that problem. Number two, um, we're trying to develop a platform on which clients could innovate repetitively. So not just what can I do right now, but how can I imagine what's next and imagine what's next and imagine what's next. And so starting with Solo and the suite of solutions that Teladoc offers, we have a broad suite of initial offerings. And, and, and now together with Microsoft, we're expanding that suite and leveraging new technologies to make those um, solutions richer, uh, more profoundly differentiated and capable. The third, the third element of the value proposition is simplifying the experience for both consumers and providers. When we, when we take this approach of, I'm gonna use this vendor for this uh, use case, this vendor for that use case, et cetera, et cetera, what ends up happening is providers get lost in all of that, and they ultimately don't adopt. 
because you know Kim likes to call this the swivel the swivel chair effect. You know, oh, to do this, I have to go over and use this application. Oh, I have to remember now. I'm going to do this. I have to go over here and do this. So it so kind of leveraging Microsoft as a foundational platform. We're trying to build everything in kind of one simple user experience, really starting with Teams as the foundation of that. So simplify for patients and for clinicians. And then the last thing is really, ultimately it's about cost. Health, healthcare cannot continue to, um, you know, create a bigger and bigger cost footprint. And, and so we have to find ways to do more with less. And so we're looking to accomplish that. I might just add to bring in Peter, I think you could chime in. You know, Canada has, I don't know, 16 healthcare systems. Um, each province has slightly different rules for security, for privacy, for bandwidth, for language, for speed, for S like so it's it's also that's I think another part of the streamlining is a bunch of independent solutions. I, I really don't think it can catch up and keep up with general security and, and other rules, but then, you know, there are 16 versions of it also in this country. Um, and so it's just such a relief that Microsoft builds the basics once on one stack, and then we can just keep innovating on, you know, the part that Teladoc does best. Peter, anything else you'd add that you're seeing in terms of the ability to keep up with the constant changes uh, of requirements, regulations, security, privacy? Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, I think there's a question that came in on that as well. If you think about what Microsoft has done over the last number of years on um, educating and showing customers about the value prop of cloud and how it can be leveraged, and you know, a lot of our technologies are now being deployed on cloud, and you know, we've made significant investments in understanding how cloud can enable and how cloud can really mitigate risk in many cases, um, but you know what, we have Azure agreements with most healthcare systems across the uh, country. Um, most organizations, I'd say we're in the 90% range, are using Office 365 with Teams. And a lot of them have gone through the privacy impact assessments and threat risk assessments. And you know what, Microsoft Azure and Teams and a lot of our Office products meet and exceeds uh, a lot of the um, PHIPAA um, requirements in Canada, right? We're doing a lot of work, uh, you know, Azure and Office and Dynamics are all HIPAA, high trust, GDPR certified. So that gives you that secure foundation in which you're building on top of. And that takes yep. away a lot of the concerns and risks that organizations have. Tim, anything to add? Otherwise, we'll, we'll move to a bit, like, let's see what this thing is. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you. All right, so just we'll, we'll kind of this last little part and then we'll get into discussion. I see the Q&A building is just like we've, we've talked about a bit of the why and a bit of the how, let's let's look at what it is. So Tim, over to you. Yeah, so so this this really is, is a view of where we're going together as a, as a uh, two organizations that are in deep partnership. Uh, as you know, as I've mentioned, obviously very briefly, um, our, our initial starting point was really how do we look at combining the solo and teams use uh, applications to create um, uh, new opportunities and create you know these value propositions that we just talked about and obviously we're we, we both have hardware solutions and we're looking at how we leverage each other's technologies from that perspective but where do we go from here I think you know Peter brought up um, 
the acquisition of nuance. So one area, you know, broad area of AI, but then within AI sort of ambient listening as a technology, we have um, several joint projects together um, looking at how we apply DAX, which is an ambient listening solution by nuance uh, uh, to fundamentally change um, documentation for providers and also looking uh, hard at how we can leverage those same technologies to fundamentally change the requirements for nurses uh, around nursing documentation. So we're, you know, we're, we're, we're integrating DAX into Solo with Teams. We're working with the, the DAX group to really innovate how DAX can be expanded for virtual care in very meaningful ways and drive uh, uh, more efficient virtual care delivery. And then also in the AI category, we're looking at things like virtual sitting and how we can leverage Microsoft's, uh, Microsoft Research uh, and some of the tools that are being developed in, in that part of the organization to look at things like um, uh, agitation. Can we identify agitation of patient earlier and thereby reduce things like fall, falls and so forth in the hospital setting? And then, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, one of the one of the categories that Peter mentioned in, in that wheel it was around consumer engagement. We have a significant project with Microsoft now around really looking for new ways to engage consumers in, in, in their existing processes and kind of daily life uh, to help them live a healthier life be more satisfied with the healthcare delivery models and do it at lower cost. So those are some of the areas, you know, data, AI, um, um, that that we have underway. There's a whole series of projects, a steering committee, et cetera. That's, that's kind of where we're going and what we're up to. So maybe I'll just share, and then uh, Peter or Kim, if there's others you're seeing with your, um, your health system partners. The one that we've been talking a lot about in Canada is, so right now, for example, in Solo, if you're in a care exchange and you wanna bring in a translator, even if it's a First Nations language, a sign language, like in the push of a button within 30 seconds, they're now part of the conversation, which is amazing. But with nuance, you know, like the, the, this possibility that, you know, if I'm talking and, um, you know, Peter, you only speak Lithuanian, if that's a language, you know, you could be seeing a transcript of what I'm saying live for you, and then you talk back to me, and I'm seeing it back in my language. Like that's kind of the power that um, I don't know if Teladoc would ever got there on our own. So I'm excited about you know all these possibilities with the, with the language tools. Anything else, Peter or Kim, you want to add about about the joint roadmap? No, I, I think one other thing I would bring into play is just looking at beyond, as I was talking about, it's getting away from sick care, it's looking at health and well-being. And so I think we are advancing our focus and more of like, how do we look at care for the patient or the consumer when they're at home uh, yeah. with their caregivers as well? So handing that off to the caregivers as opposed to a clinician. Yep. And I think so the one whole thing other I... infrastructure in the home. Yep, Peter. Yep. Uh, the one thing I'd like to add is, you know, we're starting to see a, a need to communicate with the care teams and 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 really communicate with everybody on that care team, which I think is an important part of uh, delivering care effectively. Um, you may be dealing with an elderly parent or something that you need to bring other people into that um, care planning. So, you know, there's ways in which that's being done through this, which I think is uh, having a huge impact uh, on the delivery of care. 
All right, yeah. let's do just a, a, oh, go ahead, Tim. Well, let me jump in on that because we had a video that it looks like we're not going to be able to play. But the whole point of that video is that Teams provides this really powerful um, collaboration platform that allows uh, the coordination of different different entities, obviously care team members, and then solo layers on top of that very specific use cases. So what the video will show, we'll, we'll send well, I'll a link. Play it. I'll play it because we could do it without the audio. Go ahead, you keep talking while we watch. Well, so <laughs> the notion is, hey, we combine those two capabilities and create a much richer capability mm -hmm. offering. So care teams coordinate, do shift report, do um, you know uh, orchestrate uh, the work among the team, and then we leverage uh, the Teladoc platform to actually do the care delivery, to bring in the physician, to bring in a virtual nurse, to bring in uh, family members and so forth into that overall platform. So the vision is really the complete power of the organizations rather than thinking of them as siloed solutions. You know, one thing I find is, you know, you think about delivery of care and, you know, coming into a doctor's office and having that interaction with the doctor. And in many cases, they're taking a lot of time to document, look at charts, looking at information. I find that the shift over to virtual care is really creating a much more immersive experience because um, you can bring in some of the clinical notes, you can bring in images, you can bring in lab results. And the patient gets to see that information along with the physician. So it almost creates a more immersive experience for the patient, which I, I'm starting to see some interesting trends occur as well. Perfect. All right. So maybe we'll just end with a couple case studies. Maybe Tim and Kim, if you want to add, this is like our marquee one. Uh, and then we'll open up to discussion. Yeah, Kim, do you want to speak to this or do you want me to speak to it? Why don't you start off and I'll add in. Okay. Well, so so large, very large health system in the in the New York market, um, twenty plus hospitals, um, and they they actually came to Microsoft and said, "We're committed to Teams as an overall enterprise prize platform on which we want all of collaboration to do." But guys, Teams is not helping us solve all of our specific healthcare use cases. And so it's really Microsoft that reached out to Teladoc and said, hey, let's combine forces and look at how we can not only solve that specific problem, but really address the broad range of use cases that, that uh, Northwell has implemented, including things like telestroke and virtual nursing and so forth. And so uh, they've, uh, they've implemented uh, our joint solution. They're having... Uh, high levels of utilization, thousands and thousands of physicians are involved uh, and other team members and getting great um, response from a kind of uh, satisfaction and adoption level. I don't know, Kim, do you wanna? Yeah, I mean, the other thing I'll add is that, I mean, in terms of their their use of teams, you know, they really were this marquee account in terms of looking at the whole concept doing more with less. And so they were leveraging teams, as I mentioned before, for clinical collaboration, um, not using some other tools that are kind of best of breed. And this is just a perfect example in terms of how, how we're solving for that problem by bringing together the, the collaboration tool of teams along with the clinical collaboration tool of solo together and br bringing out this broader ecosystem effect. So, so things like shift change, 
uh, sh actually shift management, like, yep. like staffing management, those in teams layered with uh, Teladoc solutions. That's, that's one quick example. Obviously, we could spend more time on these. Well, Tim, uh, I might double click on one thing just because we get asked a lot. So Canada, most health systems either are just getting out of or about to have a more hospital systems have like a permanent EMR and they're the typical, the two big ones, Epic and uh, Cerner is the majority. There's some Meditech. So there's one sentence here is it connects with multiple systems, including EMRs. As if that's just a little thing. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, if they already have an EMR, why do they still need to use, you know, Teams and then now Solo? What can't an EMR do? But then also, how easy is, is it to read and write between Solo and the EMR? Yeah. So part of, you know, our platform's fundamental capability is this ability to bridge EMRs. So to be able to capture information and quickly deliver it into the into the uh, system of record and to deliver it into multiple systems of record when when that's the case and in fact you know Northwell is one of those organizations that does uh, uh, have multiple systems of record which creates a, an additional challenge so those data integrations are sort of part and parcel to how we operate and we expect to operate I think you know the other point probably worth making is you know and foundationally. EMRs are really designed to be data systems and systems of record and the engagement level, the engagement capability, the type of thing that Teams does like hands down better than anything else are the kinds of things that EMRs just don't do very well, whether yeah. that's patient engagement or whether that's uh, you know the provider experience. And so we're heavily leveraging that capability tied to Teladoc's sort of underlying ability to integrate and operate as Switzerland between different EMRs. All right, look, I'm looking at time. Um, we wanna just quickly orient us to this last case study and then we'll, we'll, we'll stop the slides and get into a conversation. So one more case study, uh, an emerging um, uh, use case that is gaining uh, a lot of traction for Teladoc and now Microsoft is uh, is the space around virtual nursing, and so this is a this is a health system, a, a U.S. health system that uh, you know quickly adopted virtual nursing and saw immediate benefit in nurse recruiting, nurse satisfaction, and actually got reduced length of stay uh, and uh, um, and and faster discharges and so forth. So. It's really, it goes back to what Zaina said at the very beginning. When you live in a world where um, time and space, you know, your location dictates everything you do, then you have a very limited perspective. But if you can say, well, we could take these parts of the workflow and pull it out and virtualize it and do it a different way using a different staffing model, not only can we do it more efficiently at lower cost, but we can also make everybody's jobs easier, happier, more satisfying, which right now, as we all know, in, in the nursing world is a huge, huge issue. So um, very, very rapid success in this in this area of use case. All right. Well, we did the video. I'm just going to skip it. So um, that's kind of the context. Let's get into a conversation. You know, I think just to summarize. Uh, it does really take a village of all types to make care better. And uh, we're excited about building on top of the Microsoft platform and 
uh, one plus one does make, I think, 1,000 in this case. And, you know, I just, I'll just maybe end with a story. Uh, one of our, our clinicians that we work with in Saskatchewan, um, like he gets emotional about the power of not having to be, you know, 600 kilometers away uh, to give great, incredible care to children on First Nations reserves uh, and way, way north in Saskatchewan. And we enable him to do magical stuff, which is why he came to tell to uh, medicine. And and that's really the, the power of why we do this and why we're always looking for the best way to make it work. So uh, so let's go. Let's go do this, Canada. Uh, I'm going to stop sharing and uh, and let's see what's going on in the Q&A. All right. Anyone want to pick any of these off? Otherwise, I'll curate. I think uh, Dale asked a question around, you know, at, um, patient privacy issues and you know, um, I think that was a, a question that we did answer, but I'll just re reconnect on that one again. Just, uh, you know, the fact that it's built on a platform that is secure and compliant, meets all the regulatory requirements, you know, it ensures that um, a lot of that patient data will stay secure. And, you know, most organizations go through a privacy impact or threat risk assessment. So, you know, I, I believe that most of the health systems are using Teams today, so it gives most people the comfort level of knowing that that's a, a secure environment to work within. Yep. Maybe I'll take one quickly. Jim asked, um, is the platform and the tools, uh, you know, kind of in play in Canada right now? I believe, Tim, you can correct me if I'm wrong, the, the Teams with Solo, we have like a test environment that we're playing with with one of the big health authorities in Canada. Uh, and then as we learn more, then it'll just be every day. But Solo is already in play in Canada, uh, enabling virtual care. I think tens of thousands a month uh, exchanges. Anything, Tim, to add to that? Or Peter? No, that's right. We're here? Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, maybe I'll start this one and, and others can add. So Rebecca asked about uh, the, the workforce and the role as both a temporary or more permanent solution. So that case study that Tim just shared, that last one, you know, is both an immediate um, pain reliever for capacity. Um, I, I'll just say, you know, the other model that we're seeing a lot of uh, Teladoc already do in other parts of the world, we're in 650 health systems around the world, and we're getting asked in Canada maybe not to fully take on all the care because Teladoc has tens of thousands of clinicians in our Teladoc medical group around the world, but maybe we can do evenings or weekends or when there's surges. We're doing some really amazing stuff with our network of specialists in the NHS, I think for 34 million citizens where the wait times to see a specialist are so long, we can just quickly clear the backlog with our clinicians, our tools, and then they can get back to normal. So that's been a use case. We're having quite a few conversations around the province. And then others are saying, no, we wanna outsource all of it to you, Teladoc, your clinicians, particularly in mental health care, psychiatry, psychotherapy, et cetera, where we have an entire care model uh, with very, very good results and we can do that too. Tim, anything else on capacity and workforce just from what you're seeing around the world? I, I, I just think that, that, that you know, this is now emerged as an issue globally, uh, you know, and uh, so we're seeing um, lots of interest in different ways to deliver care that allow us to rethink, you know, allow people to operate at the top of their license, allow, uh, uh, you know, 
allow us to segment the work in new ways. And virtual care gives you permission to do that. I mean, you're no longer constrained by, you know, there's one person in front of the, of the patient at the bedside or wherever. So yep. really stuff. And Tim, so, I would just add that, you know, in terms of working top of license, just it's really based on that data and AI to help triage so that that clinician is working top of license, right? I think that we're seeing more and more models shift in that direction as well. There's a lot of questions. So my colleagues, if you can go in, you can even just type some and pick them off because some are a little bit more technical. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll just, you know, take a few, um, or maybe uh, Peter, well, others can talk about ownership of the data. Um, what was the one I was going to ask? Oh, yeah, but like, okay, with big floppy geography like Canada, we've got deserts of internet. Actually, that's the power of why I'm excited about um, uh, Teams is there is a telephony feature in Teams. So you can make a phone call on a landline out of Teams. And that's been a big circuit breaker when let's say the clinician is maybe at an airport and but needs to do some care or um, or you're in an area where internet's down. So it, it actually allows us to break that compromise uh, Tim, other things you, you you can talk about with solo where there are internet constraints, how we overcome it in terms of bandwidth? Um, well, so, so sure. Um, I was I was reading this comment and I think maybe underlying her her con or her question was, you know, Teams is generally deployed inside an enterprise. So I think kind of underlying the question was, so how do you make this accessible to any consumer that might be out there. And that's where the two solutions work together. So we bridge and allow for um, uh, any consumer anywhere, uh, any patient anywhere to, you know, without having to download an app or buy a team subscription or whatever to be able to join with a clinician or, or a care team. So we, we solve that problem. I think within that answer, maybe Zena also, you know, we've spent a lot of time in our early life as a company looking at how do we deliver um, audio and video successfully over low bandwidth scenarios and, and you know, even via satellite and other types of uh, technologies. So we're, we have a very high reliability kind of capability when it comes to delivering, um, you know, audio video remotely. Now you can't always do audio video. And I think that's where you get back to things like telephony and, and asynchronous care, which are also part of the platform. All right. Uh, anyone want to ask, answer any others? There's a bit about ownership of data. Where is it stored? Maybe Peter about the Azure, you know, platform data in Canada. And then how do patients get to access all these notes that can be created within any virtual care? Yeah, and I think a lot of what we're seeing is, you know, that that EMR continues to be that um, centralized location for what we call that record, right? So um, I think the goal here is to really surface up the information and use it in that interaction, but yet go back to the EMR or EHR as that uh, single source of, of truth or of information. So it's not to disrupt that flow of information, it's just going in and accessing that information as needed. Uh, for that interaction. Patient access to data. And then I think we'll wrap up. I'll answer a few more. Uh, yeah. Well, patient okay. access to data. That's a, a challenging topic. It's, uh, um, you, know, we, you know, individuals should have access to their health information. It's how do we consolidate that in a health record and, and give citizens access, right? That's a, 
that's another issue in itself. Um, I think there's a lot of solutions coming to market that help us um, give that record or access to your health records. Um, I think there's some legislation changes that need to occur in Canada to ensure that citizens can get full access to their health records. Um, but again, that's another topic for another day, I think. Yeah. But definitely in any care exchange on the Teladoc platform, anyone that the patient consents has access to any of the information that's transacted, but it also writes to the record um, of uh, the main record. So, all right, Matt, over to you, buddy. Thank you. That was very interesting and engaging conversation with all the speakers. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day and we'll see everybody soon. Bye-bye.